Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we discuss construction safety, typically trench excavation and confined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist, and with me is one of my peers in the training department, Dee Hernandez, who herself is a bilingual trainer. And Dee, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Rick. So our conversation will hopefully be informative and educational so we can help you avoid injuries and fatalities while on the job site. And today, Dee and I are going to talk about what can be a sensitive topic, multilingual training. Now, there have been many times when I have gone to perform a training class only to discover upon arrival that several, and in some cases, even most of the students did not speak English. While they may understand English well enough to effectively work on a job site, unfortunately, that level of understanding is not conducive to the training environment. In many cases, the information being presented is technical in nature and cannot be effectively translated as the class is taking place. Further, the person assigned to, quote, translate might not even have a background in construction, might not even have a background in safety, or even be fluent in the student's native tongue. And as a trainer, I can tell you this scenario puts us in an awkward position. Our training materials are in English. Our presentation materials are in English. The presentation is going to be in English. And because of this, we cannot give credit to a person for taking training that we know is not being received or understood. And not only that, this is a disservice to the student who could actually benefit from the training only if they were able to understand the information. So Dee, what are your thoughts in regards to multilingual training? Well, let's just go uh, into the standard of 1926 subpart AA. And this is just uh, one of the examples. Um, OSHA states that each employee should be trained in the language and vocabulary that they understand. And that's why I teach English and or Spanish classes for United Rentals. Uh, and, and it's very important that we either do either or because of what the standard is asking us to do. Now, um, we do have other languages uh, that... Uh, you know, uh, we've got other trainers that can speak French that uh, go up to Canada and teach those classes there. But it's very, very important that these students understand the standard and what is expected of them out in the work site. So what would be the best method then of delivering training to groups who may speak different languages? Well, <laughs> This happened to me and another our, of our uh, co-workers. Uh, he did have a class where they stated that it was all English. It was supposed to be an English class. And fortunately, I was there that day. So I could tell that these folks were looking at uh, the instructor like deer in headlights. So what I did was I stopped the class and I said, how many of you understand what he is saying or stating or talking about and they still have that look deer in headlights so I pulled them away and I asked one of the gentlemen you know do you speak Spanish and he said yes and so I grabbed that group and that he stated uh, his crew was there grabbed him divided both groups and that is how we continued on with that class 
But this is why we in, at United Rentals, and, and you know this very well, we either do the class in English and or Spanish because we want them to understand. We want to go into depth into the into the requirement. And when they leave that class, we want them to be well informed and comfortable with all the information they have received and they understood every word of it. And understanding is the key. Otherwise, why are we doing the training in the first place? This is not just to check a box and to just be able to prove to OSHA that, look, we've got everybody trained. You know, it's one thing to actually be able to check a box and just show somebody a card and saying, yeah, they went through training, but it's another thing entirely. And this is our point. We want them to understand the information when they leave. When they go underneath the exit signs at the end of the day, through those exit doors, we want to make sure that everybody understands the information at least well enough so that they can at least identify. Now, we all understand that, you know, not everybody is going to memorize every single thing that comes out of our pie holes when we are doing a training class. But we want to make sure that they at least have the awareness enough to be able to understand, okay, something's not right. Okay, something's not right. Maybe I need to look up something and verify that whether that is accurate or whether that is supposed to be done or is it supposed to be done a different way. We are all about making sure that people understand the topic, understand the information before they leave the room. So let me ask you this then. Could you use a translator? Uh, yes, you could, but you lose the students somewhere in the translation. And I, and, uh, I, will, I will say that much has occurred before where I tried once prior. I mean, I'll say once because I didn't attempt it anymore. Where you're trying to speak English and at the explain your class in English, I'm sorry. And then you're trying to go into the Spanish version of it. And somewhere along the line, the other folks get distracted. They're lengthier. They are, they're not focused. These students lose, you know, they're focused on what we're discussing or their interest. And so I find that doing, yeah, you can have a translator, but, you know, somewhere down the road, you're going to lose that, that student or they're just going to lose, uh, you know, the interest they had when you first started uh, the class. So there's a gap because there's a gap there. There yeah, is a, there's a gap. Yeah. yeah, there there's a gap there. So the the person who is presenting is let's say they're presenting in English and then you have a translator of another language. Well, you are discussing, you are, you know, me being the presenter, I am presenting in English and then you as a Spanish translator, you would be translating what I'm saying. So the now the people that are listening to it in English are now waiting for the translation to be done in Spanish before I can move on and discuss the next topic. So there's a gap in between there. And we should also probably include in this multilingual training conversation, we should probably include sign language and people who are, you know, hearing impaired. And there's a difference there between whether you're trying to translate from English to maybe another language like Spanish or French, and you're trying to translate or you're trying to sign what somebody is saying. Because when somebody is sign, doing sign language, they're doing sign language in real time. So they are listening to what you're saying and they're translating almost in real time. I mean, obviously there's a bit of a gap, 
But at the same time, you're also not having a wide gap of where the people who cannot understand the sign language are not getting any information, right? They're getting the information just as you normally would, like you would presenting in class. And now a word from our sponsor. In today's world, it is critical to have a partner that puts safety at the forefront. A partner who understands what you're up against. A partner you can count on to get you what you need when you need it. That's why United Rentals is here for you. Combining equipment, safety, experience, and data to help your team get the job done. United Rentals, here to help with the equipment and tools you need. To find a store nearest you, visit unitedrentals.com or call 1-800-U-R-RENTS. If a group decided that they were going to be going ahead with a multilingual class, in other words, they are going to be having an English presenter with a different language translator, what would be the other logistical issues in using that? Your translator also has to be aware of the Spanish audience, because when you are dealing with the Hispanic Latin American culture, there are different words that are utilized, and the translation may even be a little more lengthier, as uh, I mentioned earlier. When I get into my classes, the first thing I do is get to know my audience, And it could be that I have folks from South America, Central America, or Mexico. You know, you bring up a good point because, you know, when we talk about dialects, dialects is another one of those things. And and that's really kind of what you're talking about. There's a dialect for Latin America versus, you know, maybe Spain, right? For example, Mm -hmm. there, just to give you a bit of perspective and background of me, I adopted my daughter from China in 2004 when we traveled to China. We traveled into Hong Kong, where they spoke Cantonese. Where we traveled to pick up my daughter in Chongqing, China, they spoke Mandarin. Those dialects did not understand each other. The writing is exactly the same. So the writing is identical, but the dialect of Chinese from Cantonese to Mandarin is completely different. So. Our liaisons, as they were called, Mm -hmm. they spoke Cantonese and where we were traveling to was Mandarin. Well, when, when, when we had some issues that we had to deal with, they had to write everything down. They, they couldn't speak to each other, but they could write to each other. And then that, and that's how they communicated. So the point, the point is well taken. It's, it's not just a language barrier. There could also be a dialect barrier there. And that's going to put up an additional front there too. You got to know who you are speaking to in class. And a lot of folks will say, well, I know Spanish also, you know, they, I'm a, I'm bilingual. Okay. I always ask, where are you from? What country are you from? And this way I know exactly how I need to prepare when I'm going to teach that class. You know, yes, we. I am bilingual. I am, uh, you know, I know how to speak Spanish. And f- I was fortunate to live in other countries to understand and speak the other dialects. And so herein lies, again, really, ultimately, this kind of proves the point of the fact that we we really need to separate these classes, have separate classes for each. 
you know, have a have a class for English and the English speaking folks who are going to be taking the class and then have another one for whatever language it is that your other folks speak. And by the way, and again, to Dee's point, make sure that they speak the same dialect that your students do, because otherwise that's really that might not really work out very well. So we need a lot more information and we can provide it, you know, and, and not to make this a sales pitch, but we can definitely provide that or other and other trainers can as well. We just need to understand the information in advance so that we can make a proper decision on how to actually deliver this training in a way that everybody is going to understand it. This stuff is technical in nature. It, when you're talking about trend safety, there are a lot of technical numbers and aspects that you need to understand when you're presenting this information. And when you're working out in the field, we want to make sure that everybody is safe. It's not just checking a box. And so if you don't have that technical information in the language that you understand, well, how are you supposed to be able to protect not only yourself, but others as well? And in the end, it's going to help you and protect yourself as an employer because they're going to have the information that they need. If an inspector, and, and D, maybe you can talk to this a little bit. If an inspector were to show up onto the job and they are talking to a lot of individuals who say, oh, yeah, you know, we've been through training, but they can't speak a lick of English. And then they start to ask them a bunch of questions and say, well, you know, hey, do you know about this? Do you know about this? Do you know about this? And they're just kind of, as you said, Deer in the headlights look, what's going to happen there? So if he starts asking them in reference to the confined space area where they're working and they don't know how to answer, well, wait a minute, where did you take this course? How did you pass the class? And how did you get the card to prove that you passed this class? Because you have to have gotten through the full training and so now here comes the situation of they were just a number. They just checked off that box. And we are here to make sure that the student, by the time they leave that course, they understand what a confined space is, the hazards to encounter, you know, how to utilize the equipment. And this is about these attendees or these students knowing the requirement to keep themselves safe. Dee, thank you very much for joining us on this topic. We appreciate it. So this has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Now, if you have any questions about this topic or have any suggestions about other topics that you want to be discussed, feel free to send an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. For additional content and training information, go to trendsafetyevents.com. I want to thank Dee Hernandez for being with me today. And on behalf of Dee and myself, thank you for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.